The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Isaiah 1-3 Hi, this is Pastor Jason from Christian Life Church in Waverly, New York. Welcome to Master's Crib, a weekly podcast where we interview pastors and leaders about the biblical teaching of authority. This program is designed to go alongside a personal Bible study aimed towards spiritual growth, biblical understanding, and a Christian worldview. Thanks for tuning in. Today on episode 7, we have Judah Baker of Renovation House in Spencer, New York. Renovation House is a Christ-centered residential discipleship training program for men and women struggling with addiction and other life-controlling issues. Judah, welcome to Master's Crib. Thank you, Pastor Jason. I'm really glad to be with you. Well, I'm so happy that you're here. I've been looking forward to this conversation now for a couple weeks. So uh, let's just talk a little bit about you and about your ministry and your involvement with the Renovation House. So when did you start in ministry? Not necessarily with Renovation House, but in ministry. Um, In ministry. um, So I went to, um, I I, I think back to my, my youth group days and kind of going just the, the habit of going from conference to conference and getting these, these like ebbs and flows and, um, mountaintops and, and valleys in, in, as a, as a young man, um, and just kind of going up, up and down and having good, amazing times of the Lord at, with, with my peers and kind of, um, coming out of those things. And at one, at one point there was a, um, a conference we were at and that, that, that church had a, had a, what they called an internship and they would bring, um, young people in and, um, teach them and have them serve. And, um, the leadership that, um, I was the, the people who were running my youth group at the time saw this and kind of got it in their heart to, oh, maybe that would be something that would work out in the future. Hmm. Um, and what that turned into was an, an internship, um, that I joined in 2007. And so we just, we received, um, Bible teaching and hands-on, um, we did a lot of hands-on ministry, went to New York city and, um, did, did homeless ministry there and went to Branson, Missouri. There's a, there's a wonderful camp out there called Camp Barnabas that ministers to, um, children with varying levels of disability, Mm. um, whether it be, um, being, being, um, bound to a, a wheelchair or being blind. Um, and you just serve these children and they do things like um, the children that have been in, in wheelchairs for most of their lives or been paralyzed. They get to do things like climb up a, a, a rock wall and, um, and then take a zip line down the other end. It's just an amazing experience and just a couple things that happened during, during that time. Wow. And during that, just a lot of experience in, I would say that's, that was my start in, in, in ministry and where I really started to kind of go past that um, the stuff of being a young, a young, uh, young man, a teenager and wow. see and put my hands on some, some elements of, of ministry of, of serving. Mm. Um, and so that was in 2007 and it went to 2010 and the, um, in 2010, I actually went through that program with my, my, we weren't married, but I, I, I met my wife a little before there, but we went through Bible school. It was essentially the internship was Bible school. 
Um, we both received um, degrees at the end and our, our bachelor's in Christian ministry. Awesome. And in 2010, we were married. And then uh, after that point, we, we just served in our church. I did a lot on the worship team, different, um, played electric guitar for years and um, eventually um, just got involved more, a little bit at a time um, in, in church, um, so the low levels of church leadership. And eventually we ended up in a church plant um, and I um, served as a worship leader in a, in a church in Pine City, um, New York. And I still am currently a worship leader there um, as well as being at the renovation house. Um, but uh, kind of getting long-winded here. Sorry for that. No, um, where, where, so where does that link in the chain happen from worship leader in Pine City to renovation house? So um, the link in the chain was um, during that time I was working a secular job. And uh, in the period of time between um, 2010 and 2018, 2018 is when I started. Um, July 2018 um, is when I started at Renovation House full-time. Um, but in that time, I had actually come up to the Renovation House and ministered in worship three times a month, probably. Um, and the reason for that was that Pastor John early was the was the director, um, not not from 2010 to 18, but um, for, it's been for the last seven years. Um, and I would come up and, and, and do worship, like I said, and... Um, it was actually um, Pastor John was my was my director while I was in the internship I had spoken of. Oh, cool! And so it was a cool connection of, of still staying connected with him. And he had started this ministry, and um, he'd even asked me at one point to to come alongside him. And I never really forgot that mm. um, that he that he had I, at the time I wasn't able to, but I never really forgot that in my heart. Just the Lord continued to just burn in my heart for the ministry and. I served where I could um, coming up and I would minister and, and worship and the word when I, when I was able and um, just be involved in the event and, and events when I could. Mm. And then in May, 2018, the Lord really moved on myself and my wife um, to make it, make a step um, out of, out of my full-time job. So I quit my job and stepped into full-time ministry at the renovation house. Um, wow. And so that was, that was a big step for us. And now we're, um, seemed really big, and now we're we're almost two years down the road wow. um, from from that point, and so it's just it's just mind bending to think of everything that God has done between mm. that point and this point, just and how fast the time has gone by, and the the lives I can think back on that have been changed, and um, the 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 high points and even the low points, but God receive the glory in, in, in all of those, in all of those things. Yeah, you get to meet um, so, a lot of really cool people. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really, really awesome. So, I mean, you have connections, uh, now probably all over the, all over the nation that you probably never thought three years ago <laughs> that you would have today, right? Yeah. Um, it's it, just in the last, uh, I, I have connections and really kind of like uncles and aunts all over the place that I, I, I just grew up with, and now we're in places like uh, Arizona and uh, um, Seattle, Washington. And, wow. um, they do. There's there's so many. There's a lot of connections to um, uh, the Pacific Islands, uh, Samoa, wow. um, and uh, through Pastor John actually has a uh, a ministry called Heather's Home 
Um, we has a, a children's home in both Port-au-Prince, Haiti, mm. and in um, um, Ghana, um, uh, uh, Africa. Wow! And so that just there's there's a lot going on, and there, there's there's a lot of connections and a a lot of just it's just it's just the kingdom of God. It's the it's the family of God, and mm. just when it doesn't matter. Like if if I if I grew up with somebody, like we get to, you get together with somebody, like I get together with you. Pastor Jason and um, we've only I've only known you for um, the last six months or so, yeah, yeah. right? And, and just I just it's it's amazing the bond of the of the of the body of Christ and the family that, that we have in Christ, where we just we were connected by that common um, denominator in, in in Christ, and it's just amazing to see it work for the glory of the of the kingdom of God. Mm. And everything that that we do that we set out to do for his glory yeah that's so you know united by his love and um just united by being under the same exact standard which is is really kind of the crazy thing if you think about it um like there's so many lives that uh, you and i are involved with that apart from christ we really would have no other connection with it's just because he pushed us into one another that yeah. now we have these relationships so that's really awesome amen it is really awesome so uh, let's take just a few minutes and uh, tear into the word, you and I. So uh, our passage for tonight is Psalm 103, verse 19. I just like to read that. It says this, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So as you know, and everyone listening knows, this podcast is all about the biblical teaching of authority. So all these passages um, kind of kind of dig right into as as we dig into them. This is exactly what we're looking at. So let's just take a couple minutes and talk about this. So first, I just like to ask you about the authority to establish that idea that uh, that God has the authority to establish. Why is that? Why why does God have the authority to establish? Um, because <laughs> it's easy to just say because He does. <laughs> um, and, um, I, I looked into the, into, into the Hebrew a little bit here and that, that word establish is, um, is it's the word kun and it means to, to be set up or established, mm. fixed, firm, stable, secure, or prepared. And if if we just look across history and any other um, kingdom that's set up with authority, um, it's rarely been fixed, firm, stable, secure, mm. prepared in a way that, that God's kingdom is. And there's no one else, no one else that can do this. Wow. There's no other God or power that brings the kind of stability that, that God brings through his authority. It rules. It's it's kind of hard to fit in our minds. Just an authority above authority. We have authority that we can look to in the government. We have authority that we can look to as children and our parents. But all of that is just such a a faint shadow of the true authority that all of that is is based upon. And even even that the the scripture that we're looking at, the Lord has established His throne in heaven. This kingdom rules overall. It's such a t- such a timely scripture for this time, um, where we're just looking at such instability in the world. Uh, a, a, a virus comes through mm. and just rocks the core of everything that we knew, 
and mm. then and it just everything falls apart it's not fixed it's not firm it's not stable or secure or prepared that is that is like mind blowing that is so amazing that you make that connection between all of the kingdoms that that fall because they're not fixed in the same way and the kingdom of God, because everyone seems to look at the kingdom of God as if it's some strange spiritual reality that really is totally and completely disconnected. Like you look at worldly kingdoms and God's kingdom, two completely different things. And, you know, just comparing those two and looking at that, God's kingdom is not rocked by COVID-19 and ours is, you know, just like you said, all these things that are happening, God's not moved. His, his, His kingdom's fixed. That that is that yeah. is permanently in place. That is so amazing. I, I love that. Yeah, it's not. He's he's not going anywhere. Mm. So, we think of earthly kingdoms, and typically, we always think of the rulers. I mean, even if mm-hmm. you take that down to a baseball team, um, you can't have a baseball team without a manager. We're always going to mm-hmm. look at that guy, uh, point to that guy. So, um, literally, the kingdom that is that is being talked about here has a king and uh, yes. and and that king is god why is that important for us to understand god is as ruler or king yes um i think back to the when the when the israelites wanted to set saul and his saul in as king mm. they because they wanted someone to rule a man a man to rule over them and god was like through through the through through his um, um, prophet was saying, well, if you have a king, he's going to take this right from you, and he's going to require this of you, and because he because he his in his plan was for to be the perfect king, mm. and that that's that's that was what his plan was is to that we were we were waiting for the Messiah, the the king to come and rule and. And even in the, in the Jewish people got so so just focused on that that they're going this king is going to come and rule, and then we have Jesus, who comes and he's not the king, he's not the king they expected. There's just we're coming out of Good Friday. I'm I'm so pumped up about some of this <laughs> um, stuff coming out of Good Friday and coming out of Resurrection yeah. um, Sunday. Um, just thinking about how the the people of the time. One day they're singing Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, in the highest, um, and saying this: "This God, God, come and save us! Mm. Um, God, God, save us now!" And it wasn't a save us from what they what they they didn't realize what they needed saving from. Mm. And sometimes we don't really realize what we need saving from. Um, they needed they they want a saving from the Roman Empire. And they wanted to be freed from from the the rule of 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 the the nation that had taken that had taken over, um, and they wanted the king to come in with a sword and just decimate the the armies that had that had come into place and had taken taken their taken their rights and taken their freedoms, completely missing that sin had come in and taken those freedoms. The power of sin, the rule of sin, had come and taken those freedoms in a much deeper and long lasting way uh not just a not just a death by the sword in in a sense of death by the sword but but sense in of 
permanent death, mm. death, sep- death separating us forever. Wow. And Jesus coming in humble and going from Hosanna, Hosanna to um, the people crying, crucify him when he didn't, when he didn't live up to the expectations that they set for him. And, and, and so much so we look to God as we want him to be king of the things we want him to be king of. Mm. We want to set what we want to put him in a box and say, these are the things you have rule and reign of, but don't, 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 don't take these things because these are the things that you came for. for. We, did, we, we kind of on, on not really, I don't think necessarily on purpose, set things that God can have control of. Um, but God is, I heard a, a great message this past Sunday, uh, a wonderful, um, uh, teacher that we have come to the renovation house, speak a message on, um, one of his first phrases that he said is that God is out of control. And I was like, okay, okay. And so where is this going? And he went on to say, um, kind of go through some different points. But one of the main ones is that God is out of the control of man. He's out of the control of religion. He's out of the control of Satan. He's he he can't be controlled by our whims and our desires. Um, that is amazing. So. That is an amazing statement. That's wow, wow. That is so awesome. So we think about uh, about God's authority, and we think about God as King. So what about the the authority of of God's kingdom? Uh, how how far reaching exactly is that? It's so much more. I mean, it's, it's so much more beyond what we can again fit into our our normal way of thinking until we get a heavenly perspective. Um, I think in, in thinking about this point, um, the authority of God's kingdom. Uh, I couldn't help but, and I'm kind of, I think, I think you touched on it a minute ago. Um, I think about Hebrews 12, um, verse 27, 28, is, it says, um, now this, yet once more, it indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, mm-hmm. as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. And it says, therefore, since we receive, or we are receiving a kingdom, which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably mm-hmm. with reverence and godly fear. Where the authority of God's kingdom, it, it, the authority circumvents, like we were talking earlier, the, the current events that have, have, that have torn nations apart, that have decimated the economy, mm-hmm. that, have, that have changed our, our, what we would, would stand and say, this is our way of life that's been affected. It hasn't shaken the kingdom of God. Those are the things that can be shaken, mm. being shaken. And we have received, and we, are, we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Wow. And so we, we, we want to take our lives, and we want to serve God acceptably with, with like it says in, in Hebrews, with reverence and with godly fear, because what kind of king what kind of kingdom, what kind of authority does that king in that kingdom possess so that there's nothing that happens on the earth, not a single thing that can shake the foundations, that can shake the, that, that can affect the throne room of, of God. Wow. Wow, that is, that is so awesome. So 
with respect to the rest of the rulers, you've already compared God's kingdom to the other kingdoms. You've already talked about uh, God's kingdom being fixed. So what about all these other rulers? Um, like, are they held in submission to Christ? Is, is that something that's just an, another world for us to consider? Or are there real implications for the authorities that are in our lives today? Such real implications. There's The Bible talks about how all authority, all of it, like authority comes straight from God to whatever ruler is possessing that authority is, is acting in that authority. And I love this kind of going back to, I listened to some of your past podcasts going back to, um, I don't remember which number, but um, you, would, you'd gone over, you had gone over John 19, verses mm-hmm. 10 and 11, where Jesus is before Pilate. And Pilate says to him, um, are, you not, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? And Jesus says to him, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Mm. And so Jesus, Jesus understood and Jesus laid out very clearly there that the only reason why Pilate could even make, uh, make a decision on the matter, even have the authority is because his father had given him, oh, given wow. that authority to him. And so that, that carries down through all forms of government. It doesn't, it doesn't change because it's, it's so many, it's so many hundreds of years after these events, mm-hmm. all authority still comes from God and no one gets to act in authority unless God has put them in that authority and given them that power. Wow. That is, that reminds me of that. Uh, John Piper quote, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he said, you don't give God authority over your life. He has it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's just amazing. Um, MacArthur said the only authority in the universe, the only true authority is God. And the expression of his authority is in the word of God. Popes have no authority. Councils have no authority. Fathers have no authority. Creeds have no authority. Articles have no authority. Traditions have no authority. And new revelations have no authority. That's, <laughs> I was floored by this because it's literally, it's all God or nothing, Right. All God or nothing. Yeah, that's right. So let's talk just for a couple minutes about the cultural implications. One of the really cool things about doing what we're doing tonight is I get to talk to a lot of really cool guys from a lot of different places in life. And you have perspectives that I don't have and many of the listeners here um, don't have. So the cool thing about that is our worlds get to kind of mesh um, because of some of these questions, particularly regarding the cultural implications. So... In the ministry you're involved in, Renovation House, why is a solid understanding of authority important? It's one of the first things we try to teach to anybody coming into the program because you you have um, men and women coming in that aren't they may they may understand the word of God and they may not. It's it's kind of all over the place and we try to teach, we try to take them to the word of God and, and have them understand that, that we think so much of the time that authority keeps us under, under a thumb um, and keeps us held down. But the kind of authority that God has, it keeps us undercover, like under an umbrella. Mm. Um, so we're actually in, we're actually in a safe place. 
And when we step out from under that umbrella of authority, we're exposed. We're exposed to, we're exposed to work because we're, if we're stepping out from under that umbrella, in most cases, it's due to offense. It's due to, it's due to some kind of, it's due to some kind of sin or some kind of drawing away of our flesh. Um, mm. And um, so in the renovation house, it's, it's important to understand that, that authority keeps us safe. It keeps us, it keeps us undercover, the authority of God. Um, and it comes down to, to submitting. And if you can't submit in the small things, like getting up in the morning, making your bed, doing the dishes, then what do you do when God comes for, for the, the deep-rooted addictions and, and deep, deep-seated um, things fueling mm-hmm. sin in your life and fueling addiction in your life? What, what do you do when, when he comes for the way that you think or the way that you talk? That is, that is amazing. I have, right in line with what you're saying, I have a quote here um, from the book. I don't know if you've ever read it or not, but it's God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens. Um, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it to everyone. He um, was a renowned atheist. This man had such a mind. Um, if he had become a Christian before he passed, he would have been a serious sword in the hands of Almighty God. Um, he really would have affected a lot of people, I think. Um, but his his talent and his skill and all of his writing ability were um, drawn toward uh, tearing the Christian faith down. And about Christians, um, he talked about the message of, of the gospel um, in specific. And he said this, The message is one of continual submission, gratitude, and fear. Life itself is a poor thing, an interval in which to prepare us for the hereafter or the coming or the second coming of the Messiah. On the other hand, and as if by way of compensation, religion teaches people to be extremely self-centered and conceited. It assures them that God cares for them individually, and it claims that the cosmos was created specifically with them in mind. So when you were just talking about how authority keeps us under the thumb, this was one of the greatest minds in atheism. And this is exactly, exactly what you said is exactly what he's saying. Religion is what holds us back. God is some, actually um, a little bit earlier, he actually calls um, God an ill-tempered monarch. And Mm. the sad thing is, doesn't it seem like that's the way a lot of people that we talk to view God? Like yeah. he is some sort of mean ruler in the sky that just wants to take all of our freedoms. And like you yeah. said, what's so beautiful about what, exactly what you said, his authority is that umbrella. It's protecting us. It's guiding us. It's guarding us. It is the guardrail that keeps us from falling off the edge. And I just think it's so beautiful the way that you articulated that. And I, I just thank you so much for that. Do you see, as you're looking at the culture around us, the culture that, that we live in, do you see authority as a problem? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Depending on, I mean, yes, from the point of view of someone who's in rebellion, yes, authority is a problem. And if from the point of view of someone that understands authority, yes, like the person that doesn't understand authority doesn't understand that, that it's a, it's a necessary piece. It's a problem. Mm. I think it's a problem. I think authority is a problem for us all. It's a sticking point for anyone who finds themselves at the foot of the cross. Mm. It, it, it comes down to what I want and what God wants. Wow. 
So we come to God and we look for forgiveness of our sins. We look for the things to get fixed. We look for eternal, eternal life. Um, but also in that, we're, we're losing our will and control wow. to him. We're, we have to give that up. So God has to be in control. Mm-hmm. And, and in thinking of that, like thinking of God in that way, you were talking about him being an evil monarch or, or just controlling um, the heart of the, of the rebellious. Just That's all they can see. Um, they would they would look at that in from man's eyes and say, "Wow, what an egotistical thing to do to mm-hmm. have you have to be in control." Um, but we're not talking about man; we're talking about Almighty God. Mm. We don't need to, and, and what we try to do, we, it's 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 completely ludicrous. We try to bring God down to our level and compare His motives to ours. And I like to like to this on the same plane somehow, like they're on the same playing field somehow. The Bible talks about how God's ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. Wow. Yet, even, even though, even, even though that is, that's true, he, he wants to know us. He wants us to know him mm-hmm. and until we get how much higher his thoughts and how high, how much higher his ways are until we really get it. Um, it doesn't matter if you're if, if we're a church going Christian, been in church all our life, or a drug addict that's never served God a day in their life. Mm. We'll always stumble and fall until we understand that that not God doesn't have to be in control because He needs it. So in some egotistical way, He has to be in control because everything falls apart if He's not in control. And wow. like we talked about, He's not gonna He's never gonna be out of control. Well, so you, you really just started. answered my next question. Like literally, uh, next question was in what ways do you see the idea of surrender as instrumental in recovery? You really, uh, you really just hit yeah. the nail on the head. He has to be the one that's in control. That's really, really amazing. He has to be. And, and I mean, as far as, as far as surrender, um, how is that instrumental? It's instrumental in all the ways and, and it, period all, all the ways. Um, so, it just kind of goes back to the same thing. Surrender is giving up the will. Mm. Um, surrender, or another word we could use, submission, um, and kind of thinking about authority, going back to authority still, something that really helped me in understanding authority, helped me in understanding God's authority, is that, and, and it, was so, it was so key for, for my life and so key for so many of the things that I, that, I, that I would come before God and just kind of get hung up on, mm. is that, there's never really real submission to authority until there's a disagreement with that authority. Wow. If I agree with authority, always it's easy to follow the authority. There's no, there's no submission involved if I just agree. But what happens when I think I know better mm. or, what, or when I don't get what I want or mm. when I don't get what I think I need um, or w- when I think God should do something or he doesn't do something that I think he should do. Um, I think about how the word says that God gives us, he gives us beauty for ashes. And that means that before the beauty there, there was, there was nothing. We, we had ashes in our hands. We had nothing. And we take this nothing. We take our sin and our deprivation from God and, um, and our deprivation in our own sin. And we try to pretend like that was something like that was something great. <laughs> like the um, the Israelites wanting to go back to Egypt to the to the bondage to the beatings to mm-hmm. the death, um, just because 
they weren't getting onions or, or leeks in the desert or they weren't getting the vegetables that they wanted to get or they 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 just it wasn't going in the way that they was it was harder than they thought it was going to be that's amazing so what do you think we as the church have to do to build a better foundation of the idea of authority um first corinthians uh 3 11 says for there's no other foundation that anyone can lay than that which is laid which is jesus christ and so how do we build a better foundation we have to we have to give people jesus and we that we can't that can't be fake people people know people know if we're being fake people know if we're just try if we're just if we're just being spirit just just spiritual high like in, out in the clouds but jesus and his his saving power it's it's real and when we if we have to let in, in all the things we've been talking about authority and giving up our will as christians in the church right now many of us still struggle with some of these things giving not not stepping on God's, on God's authority, on God's, on God's will, and just kind of resisting taking the, the control back into our hands when we just, we just mess it up every time mm. and make it worse every time. Um, wow. So we need to go back to the word. We need to know it. We need to really know it. Um, we need to know Jesus. Wow, that, um, is a, that is so great. That is, that is just so great. So if people listening want to know more about uh, you or the ministry of the Renovation House, how can they find that out? Um, so you can visit us at renovationhouse.org. Um, on our website, there's lots of information there um, to, to get in contact with us or to learn about the ministry. Um, you can also visit us on Facebook um, at Renovation House. Um, and, or if you want to talk to someone in person, if you have uh, a, a loved one or someone that you're concerned about, um, that you just, you just need to find a place for them to find the, to, to get the care and to get the, the, the healing that they need and to get the, the time away from the stuff that is, is just pulling them down and, and just uh, making everything, making everything worse. Um, give us a call at 607-589-4413. Um, and just to anyone listening that might be in the grip of addiction or know someone in the grip of addiction, but those in that, in that, in that place, just know that God himself and hearing this right now, he's reaching out to you. Mm. Even in the middle of your mess right now, his hand is extended to you. Mm. Like I said, if you can hear my voice, it's not by accident. God would say to you right now that he has a plan for you, a plan to heal you, a plan to give you a hope and a future. You're not too far gone. No matter what you've done or how far you've fallen or how damaged you think you are, there's still hope. And God has a destiny that's waiting for you. Well, that is amazing. That is amazing. Well, Judah, I am going to continue to pray for you, your family, and for the renovation house. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Pastor Jason. Thank you for having me on and um, just appreciate your, your ministry and your, your love for, for us at the renovation house. Um, you're, you, we, just, we just appreciate the relationship and the friendship so much. I really appreciate you guys too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Jason.